the film series that won't die to nearly 30 movies, one house, actually several houses, and cursed artifacts. The Amityville Horror Podcast. Hello and welcome back to the Amityville Podcast. I'm Pat. I'm Tom. And this week we have Amityville colon Mount Misery Road. That's right. Being a uh, low-budget horror movie, they did not feel that the Amityville name was strong enough. They also have to have something tangentially related to Stephen King. Mm-hmm. Or maybe Mount Misery Road was the just the title that they went with. And then yeah. it's just like, well, let's throw some Amityville on there. Yeah, we'll see if there's any hobbling, and whether it's out on the road or in a house. The, uh, ac- actually, that might explain the PG-13 rating, is it's all, you know elementary school cursing instead of actual cursing uh, like Annie Wilkes always saying uh, yeah the cock a car and filth floor and filth no that's something else <laughs> filth floor and filth so this uh, pulling it up now this is by uh, it's directed by Chuck and Carolina Morangelo and starring Chuck and Carolina Morangelo and looking at their IMDb, Pat Patrick, this is all they've done. Maybe. This is it's it's just like five people made this movie, and this is all the movie they ever did. Maybe they had one vision, they had one dream, and it was this. Why are we doing this? This is just this is just good. This is just going to be sad. They only made one movie, and they spent how much time on it? At least more than the hour and 15 minutes that it's going to take to watch. At least more than the hour. I mean, we're going to end up spending more than the hour and 15 minutes that it's going to take to watch. We may already have. Oh, my God. Why are we doing this to ourselves? To explore all of the different facets of cinema from the biggest of budget, well, the mediumest of budgets, all the way down to the... Young artist with a dream in their eye. That's a fair point. That's a fair point. You don't get too many of those where it's just like they only did the one. Or you don't get too many instances of, man, these people were so good. They yeah. just made that one movie and then left they just, forever. They had one and out. Like, you never get, like, if Guns N' Roses had made Appetite for Destruction and mm-hmm. then vanished. Oh, my God. Like they would have, oh man, that would have been they, they would have been the greatest band that ever was. Yeah, just because, dear God. Yep. Wow. We would have lost like some that. good songs over the years, but but man, that would have been such a baller move. The game, the overall game. I, th- I think like a world without seeing what Axl Rose has been doing to himself for the last thirty years. Mm-hmm. He's like the Roddy Rowdy Piper of like rock hair hair metal. Yeah, almost maybe a Jake the Snake Roberts of it. Ooh, yeah. probably. Yeah, people yeah. like Rowdy Roddy Piper. This is true. This no, is true. Nobody likes Jake the Snake. Even though the Kickstarter went well. Huh, you know nice. Yeah. Anyway. But yeah, uh, I'm trying to think of like, on the large scale, there's very rarely a director that makes one movie and that's it. You know, um, I always like go to the IMDb page for this one person. It's like, maybe they're making another one. The director of Mystery Men. Kinka Usher. Yeah. That was the only movie. I, I believe it's a woman. I believe uh, so, yes. Uh, that's the only feature film she ever made, or has made to date, which huh. I think she did like a bunch of music videos and stuff, which is probably how she got Mystery Man. Gotcha. But man, what a, what a bummer. What a great visually interesting mm-hmm. director that yeah. would have been so much fun. And great chemistry through the cast, great yeah. presentation. I would still love to see a director's cut of that because apparently yeah. first cut came in around three hours. Oh. And, oh. Like a lot of the deleted scenes he can find, but Ooh, that would have been nice. That yeah. one, the, uh, the Super Mario Brothers directors, I don't think ever made another movie. I don't believe so, no. But that was that that one's in that kind of sort of. You can't argue with anybody who says that no, they don't get to make another movie after that because yeah. well, either you love the Super Mario Bros. movie or you don't. Yeah, there is no in between. Not so much, um, and. I enjoy its terrible charms, but I understand that it's not a good movie. Super like, Mario Brothers? Yeah. Oh, okay. I'm still buying it. It's coming out. Of, I think Shout or somebody's got like a fancy Blu-ray coming out of it in the wow. near future. And God help me, I will be doing that. See, I just watched the riff tracks of it a couple weeks ago, so. Fair enough. Yeah. 
But did it look, but was it in 4K? It was not, but not on the TV uh, uh, anyway is an option. So. That's fair, that's fair. That's fair. Um, I would, I've been thinking about, um, there's been a decent amount of directors that they do documentaries and do one narrative. Like yeah. uh, Joe Berliner um, did Blair Witch 2. Mm-hmm. Um, after doing like all of the West Memphis three documentaries, except for the Peter Jackson one, uh, West of Memphis, but like the Paradise Lost trilogy was him, mm-hmm. um, a brother's keeper, like known as a documentary guy. Yeah, and then was brought in just to do Blair Witch two. There were issues with the studio, <laughs> to put it mildly, um, but. There's a reconstruction out there that somebody took that all their notes, yeah, and it's I it's like fun. That. It's a it's much better. Yeah, uh, Michael Moore, famously most uh, has done documentaries over the years, except for the movie Canadian Bacon. Well, yeah, but it's like you you hear about Michael Moore every year. It's like they don't. Fact, <laughs> I, I I know, but we're yeah, just, I'm we're just saying, like the obscure, I'm trying to think of like one narrative feature is all they did. That's fair. Um, well, I don't know. Well, actually, now that makes me want to take away the documentary thing altogether, because you're still trying to tell a story. You're still trying That's to make true. a point yeah. with the documentary. You're just uh, you're not doing it with fiction. And then they eventually gave Troy Duffy uh, another budget, um, <laughs> and it wasn't his choice to not keep making movies. But That's, there's a movie. That's fair. Yeah. Did you ever see Overnight? No. Sweet dear God. Uh, for anyone at home who wants to learn about uh, how not to make a movie within the studio system, especially if you're a hot name, fresh up and comer, watch Overnight. Like more so than Boondock Saints 2 colon All Saints Day? Well, that's the thing. Like This was before that came out, uh-huh. um, so it, it wasn't really incorporated, but when they were making the first Boondock Saints, like even from like him getting signed on the contract to make a movie he got with one of his some of his friends one or two I think mm-hmm. and said we should do behind the scenes footage from here forward and they did oh, no. and as they went along he was burning every possible bridge including with the friends making the video who partway through even said like the only reason we're keeping on this is because we do have to document the rest of this now like we gotta see this through <laughs> but screw this guy oh, like no. They hated him, everyone around him hated him, and they basically just chronicled every bad decision he made in dealing with people from being the hot name all the way through basically being told he's probably never going to work again. And then they did make Boondock Saints 2. I feel like if that movie had been good, he may have had one more shot. Maybe, but honestly, like... I'm amazed he got that one done after watching Overnight. It's a fascinating documentary. Absolutely highly recommended. All right. But, wow, that is definitely how you don't treat people. Am I, are we allowed to still like Boondock Saints 1? I mean, regardless of whether or not we actually do, which I actively totally still love that movie. But uh, am I allowed to admit that in public anymore? Um, I, look, I'm, a, I'm an avowed <laughs> Grease 2 fan. Yeah. And that's not a popular opinion. No game by the opinion, day. But like people hate Boondock Saints now. This is true. It's true. <laughs> yeah, I feel like if you hate Grease Two at this point, you've just never seen it. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah, but none of that is uh, Amityville colon Mount Missouri Road. That'd which be one and only. We'll the see. One and if... only by the Morangiello family. That's M O R. Is it two R's? Uh, Where'd it go? I don't know. Uh, it is two R's. Yeah, M O R R O N G I E L O E L L O. So if we are saying the name too quickly later, we're honestly not calling them Moron Jello. Yeah. Because that would be rude. And we have not heard the last name out loud, so. Exactly. Apologies. Exactly. All right. Alright, we're going to go ahead and give this one a shot. 84 and minutes on Tubi. We got this. Yeah, this will be, this'll be fine. Uh, we're back. Um, we, we, we're we jumping right into this. Usually we'll discuss a little bit before we start recording, but... 
We just have to jump right in. We. Oh my god. This. <laughs> oh my god. Eighty-four minutes. It took us. Um, about two hours. Yeah. More than two hours, I think. Probably. Uh, well, no, about yeah, around about a, around about two hours to watch. Um, oh, we wow. had to pause a lot. Yeah, um, yeah, that was uh, that that was the worst movie I've ever seen. And and we got a lot to talk about. There, and yet nothing happens. So like we're we're gonna talk about a lot of things that occur in the film. There is nothing even remotely close to a story or a sequence of events that happens in the movie. Yeah, there's just or any narrative one. And nar- there's no narrative to the film. Yeah. Now we know that traditionally a lot of, you know, woods horror and like, you know, um found footage which this dabbles in. We'll get to that. Yeah. Um involves you find out about a legend, you go out in the woods and disappear. The Blair Witch Project formula. Right. Now take that and boil it down to its essence of literally just a thing, just, I said. And that's it. That is the entire plot. Uh, just loosely improvised between a husband and wife team. Uh, the wife who... Carolina and Chuck portraying bougie... And Charlie, respectively. Her yeah. name is spelled B-E-Z-I. They insist on pronouncing it bougie. bougie. Make of that what you will. Mm-hmm. The two of them basically improvise their way around this ghost story on what is a, a vacation film for them. Um, and bougie, uh, she's not American. No. And so she is trying to... It's not like full-on... God, why am I... It's not like full-on Tommy Wiseau, but it's like Tommy Wiseau's cousin that's been in America longer. Yeah. Uh, Bougie kind of reminds me of uh, Butch's girlfriend from Pulp Fiction. A little bit, yeah. Fabian. Yeah. Yeah, and like if nothing else, on the broken English and imagine American enough, American enough, but not American enough to be able to, without any proper training, yes and and improvise. No. Well, neither of them are necessarily great improvisers, no. but she at least is dealing with it not being her primary language, which we are taking into account, but only so much. Yeah. So the film opens. <laughs> It's honestly, this is just like I. This is again, just to make sure everybody understands. This is a home movie that a husband and wife filmed, of going from Florida to New Upstate New York, and they inserted narrative devices here and there. Yeah. That is what this is. Mm-hmm. They sorry. they figured out a way to potentially write off a vacation yeah. to New York. Yeah. On their taxes. And good for them. Yeah. Bad for us. And the world, I, yeah. I would think, overall. But yeah. We open with uh, the opening credits, which are... Based mm-hmm. on true events. Sure. Yeah, yeah, they did take a vacation. They did take a vacation. <laughs> um, opening, we get lots of clip art. Yeah, op- lots of clip art telling us that Mount Misery Road is a place yeah. and that Long Island exists... Um, the Mothman, a very popular legend up in this area that's not at all in, you know, Point Pleasant, West Virginia. I think it's Point Pleasant. Uh, I'll take a look for it. Yeah, uh, but, but yeah, they're, they're basically claiming the Mothman for... Long Island. Long Island. Uh, as well as um, any variation of the Scary Mary, Bloody Mary, Woman in the White Dress, all kind of rolled into one. Yep. Um, there's and, a mythology that and also non-script piece. We're yeah, jumping, we're, jump, we're jumping way ahead. Yeah, there's, but we we, we get showed all of these little maps and stuff, oh, right, and right, then right, yeah, uh, yeah. a street sign that says Miser- uh, Mount, Mount Misery, Misery Road. Road. It's a real street and a real place, and it's going to take us uh, conservatively three minutes to read Mount MT period Misery Road RD. Yeah, because we just stay on that street sign. 
And we go through basically all of the filters in iMovie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Except Sepia. Goes, Oddly enough, not Sepia. No, they went straight to red. Yeah. Uh, so after that, like, we get, you know, once your reading level has been, you know, pushed back to very slow, uh, they give us a giant block of text that fills up the screen with not quite enough time to read it all. Nope. That tells us that there is history. There is history. History exists, and over the years, things have happened. Um, and then the obligatory five minutes of driving around in a Dodge Challenger. Yeah. Because what is a uh, low-budget, truly independent movie without lots and lots of driving footage? Yeah. And then he goes to sort his mail. Oh my god, I hate this movie so much. So the plot... Kicks into gear when he gets his mail and finds a note saying something about, but it's okay. Honestly, so then, uh, um, again, I'm sorry. I have to stress enough. It's literally five minutes of Charlie driving around in his red Dodge uh, Challenger SRT. You see him pull into his McMansion, get out of his car, walk to the mailbox, unlock the mailbox... On the street, the like this, the normal street neighborhood mailbox has a lock on it. Take the mail out, close, relock the mailbox, walk into the house, go put the the mail on the counter, and then from behind, like we're not even seeing the mail the the mail that he's looking at. We're seeing the back of the mail. He's mm-hmm. literally sorting through it for a good thirty seconds before he finds the letter that says, almost verbatim, "Hey, dude." Spooky shit up here. So, included in this letter are a bunch of photographs that um, oh, yeah, his orbs. friend Mike, I believe, but his friend has found uh, orbs, orbs in the forest. There are all now, these orbs. You know about orbs, don't you? You're not stupid. Mm-hmm. You know orbs. Yeah. So, uh, being familiar with them, you probably know what they look like on film. Uh, usually, they are little like. Lens flare bits. That's what they look like when you want to debate what they are. Or it could be light artifacts into smoke. It could be... There's a lot of things that orbs could be. One of the things it is not is dirty glass. Yeah, it's just an unclean lens guy. Yeah, (laughs) it is just spots all over glass. It's... You just drove in the snow and you got a lot of salt spattered your windows. Uh-huh. That's the orbs the that orbs. are on picture after picture that to this guy are proof of the supernatural. And we have to go figure it out and discover it for ourselves. And while we're at it, keep an eye out for Mothman, Mothman. Uh, Demon Beast, Beasts, Demon Beast. and uh, Mary. Psycho Mary. Yeah. Um, who they seem to know about and then don't know about on and off. Yeah. Intermittently through the film. Also, and if you notice, no, we didn't mention anything Amityville, as does the film. Yeah. This has nothing. Long Island's nothing. about as close as we get. Yep, nothing to do with Amityville. They don't even mention, they, they don't mention anything. It's, no. it was, there are flies at one point. This is another instance of Patrick disguising, uh, I didn't just know. wanting to hang out with me with the, you know, the pretense of watching another fucking Amityville movie. <laughs> I love you, Patrick. Um, so enter, as he is sorting through his mail, enter his wife, Bougie, who appears to be a mail-order bride of some sort. Yeah. She is very, very fit, very, very t- bronzed, very bleached blonde, uh, speaks English very well, but has a slight accent. and Strong uh, accent. Yeah. It's a pretty strong uh, it, 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 it gets stronger over the course of the film. And the, well, it was kind of quiet in the beginning. And it's like yeah, I guess like, it becomes... Yeah, it's definitely more pronounced as it goes yeah. along. Uh, but she is really into this. And man, we got to go check it out. Like, finally, we can go on this vacation that we've been spent saving months for. They have these people that live in a McMansion in Florida and have, you know, fancy muscle cars have been saving for months to visit upstate New York. And go on a walk in the woods. Months they have been saving months to go on a walk in the woods in Long Island. 
But before that, let's go get lunch. Yeah. Well, before that, um, we we are given all of the things that they want to look into with uh, several minutes of them scrolling through oh, the internet, air quotes. Um, and it's just them pulling up article after article and image after image. Yep. Um, not long enough to read any of the articles because, um, you know, that valuable time was spent on driving. Mm-hmm. A lot of Ken Burnsing over <laughs> yeah. these uh, internet clip, uh, internet Mothman art. Mm-hmm. And in the closing credits, they did seem to try and credit all of the original artists, whether they contacted them or not. I appreciate that. Yeah. But they, um, yeah, it was they just scrolled the internet and got their production value off of whatever they found for a couple minutes. And then they go to lunch. Then they go to lunch. And for the next two to three minutes, you're going to be watching Bougie shake her ass in a just a normal restaurant bar to the soon uh, shake your boot, shake that booty, perform, uh, shake that booty for me, mm-hmm. performed by. Chuck Marangiello. Yep. And she is dancing to him in shots. She is dancing POV to us. Yeah. Um, so, but it not found footage. She's just... No, not at this point. Yeah, this is... The fourth wall does not exist in this movie, nor does, no. and I'll get to it later, the fifth wall, which Fair. I did not understand was a thing until I saw <laughs> it happen. Uh, but yeah, she's dancing... Towards us and looking at us, and then we'll cut to another angle where she's just dancing and shaking that booty for me and yeah. all of the rest of you. Yeah. Um, In the background is some dude, yeah, drinking his beer, and kind and of occasionally glances over at the camera, yeah. Uh, and for and for those of you who have suffered through Howling Seven, imagine mm. some of the line dancing scenes, except it's just one girl. Yep, dancing for her husband, and this is what? like this is like the local. It's not a TGI Fridays, but it's the local neighborhood equivalent thereof. Right, and it's the middle of the afternoon on a weekday. Yeah, there's nobody in this restaurant, and this girl who is like in G- G- Daisy Dukes and midriff up to her under cleavage, just sh- giving this guy a lap dance. Kind of, yeah. Yeah. Um, it made me uncomfortable. <laughs> and uh, when we say there was nobody in the bar, obviously we mentioned there's the guy uh, behind them that looks over. There are also patrons occasionally drifting through the background who sometimes will have their faces blurred out, sometimes will not. Yep, we did not get the uh, we did not get any waiver sign for any of these people. Yeah, and it looks like customers they didn't bother to blur out, but any staff at the restaurant they blurred their faces because they might recognize. And yeah, raise a This was the permit. This was the uh, the compromise. It's like yeah. you can film in this bar because who cares? But nobody blur everybody out. Blur us out, and as we found in later locations. We're not going to stop our business for the day so you can no, shoot here. No, they are not. But so after yeah. the booty shaking, we get the, the guy that was in the background drinking his beer and looking kind of annoyed. We find out his name is Kurt. And Kurt is from Long Island and knows everything about Mount Misery Road. And we're going to find out all about that as we zoom closer and closer directly into his face. Mm-hmm. He tells us the story about how in 1840 uh, there was a, there was an asylum put up uh, for the insane. Yeah, because that's um, how you the only way you could treat these crazy insane people. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But there was somebody named Mary uh, who was at the asylum who burnt the entire place down and killed all of the staff and all of the residents. Um, and that is described uh, as a crazy bitch. Yes. This is, of course, after the road got its name from being just a a purportedly cursed land in which uh, it would be difficult to travel and nothing would grow. And it was, I remember specifically them mentioning, it was hard to get uphill there. Hard to get uphill. So that was why they named it Mount Misery Road. And then they put an insane asylum which Mary subsequently burnt down. Mm-hmm. Now, ten years after she burned down that asylum, they build a new one. Hell yeah. Three months after the new one is built, it is also burnt down. 
Yeah. And they say that you can still smell the burning and hear the voices. Um, and that there are slaughtered bodies occasionally yeah. found there ever since. And Which those are chalked up to the man beasts. Yeah. And then on top of all of that, there is a mothman. Mm-hmm. And there is the white lady in a robe who is apparently yeah, Mary. Mary. Yeah. That's yeah. Mary. But sometimes it's a white dress, sometimes it's a white robe, sometimes it's her hospital garments. Mm-hmm. The Mary story changes periodically, but such is the way with urban legends. Yes. Um, so, yeah, then, so this is where one. I made the note for the first fifth wall break. Oh, it's, uh, yeah, which, um, which, so they go home from the bar <laughs> and, and uh, Buzz, B- Bougie, B- Bougie is... She's a bougie girl. Yeah. She goes back to the bedroom and breaks the fifth wall where she doesn't look directly in the camera as she walks. She just looks over and stares directly at clearly the director as she does her scene. And I got to call that the fifth wall break. Like, you're not even looking at the audience. You are clearly looking to the director, making sure everything is good as you walk down the hall. I've never, I've never seen that in a movie. Well, if it's like, if I mean, I probably have, but yeah. well, if the fourth wall is the audience, the fifth wall is a completely separate audience that you did that the audience didn't even know was there. Yeah, it's both acknowledging that this is a film and not a reality, and then looking to people in the production, not even necessarily. Like, and then we stare at her butt <laughs> for three minutes. Yeah, uh, she lays down on uh, Charlie, Charlie, and not to be confused with Chuck. <laughs> and uh, she's wearing uh, some ride high thong. Yep. And she just lays down on him so that um, she is presenting mm. for the audience <laughs> while they discuss this vacation they're about to go on. Um, and then she gets up in the middle of the night and pees. Yeah. And I know, and we know that she pees because we literally watch her get up out of bed, go into the bathroom, pull down her panties. You hear the urination, and then you see her wash up afterwards. Yeah, like she. This movie wait, is rated PG thirteen. It even pops up several times in, yeah. during the movie on Tubi that it is PG thirteen. We have watched somebody pee on camera. Yeah. Now you don't see anything. You don't see rabbit. a stream. You don't see a stream. You don't necessarily. Yeah, you don't <laughs> see any underparts. No. But somebody did just pee on camera. Somebody just peed on camera. Like, the noise, these guys, we we hear what they consider special effects later in the film. This, or sound effects. This was not a sound effect. No. This was, yeah. And then we go to the airport. And my friends. Yeah. Oh, wait, well, she has a dream about the moth. Oh, she does have a dream about the moth, um, man. Yeah, that was forgettable. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then she wakes up from the dream. Um, and has glowing red eyes, not as a special effect, just she had red eye from yeah. poor photography. Yeah. Um, but yeah, we get, then we go to the, the airport. And then we spend five minutes in the airport and traveling on the airplane. Because again, this is home. these are home movies. Yeah. Now there's a song playing over the whole montage. Uh, yep. Bougie has a nice booty. Bougie has a nice booty. Yeah, now this isn't Charlie singing this. This is Bougie singing this. Yeah, I think Charlie is singing the song, but Bougie sings the refrain. Yeah. Um, And it's terrible. Yeah. (laughs) It was like, in case uh, the shake that booty for me and seeing Bougie's booty wasn't enough of a message for you, this is what we're trying to explain. Yeah, and this is not them singing it to each other in the scene. This is a song playing over. Yeah. The airport scene. Their vacation footage of going through the airport, wandering around, buying some shit, uh, not blurring out anybody else in the airport, um, getting on the plane, getting pizza on the plane. Yeah. Um, and, and this is where the fourth wall starts breaking, because mm-hmm. uh, they're playing it very fast and loose as to what is a camera, what what is a camera phone, a, a, a camera on a phone, mm-hmm. and when is it? You know, they're filming if they're being filmed, or when are they just filming themselves? Yeah, like, because it has not been established as a found footage movie at it's all. Actually, at quite the contrary, been established as we're watching these people in their lives. Yeah, this is them finally actually breaking out their own cameras on selfie sticks. Yep, a lot of selfie sticks. This is oh boy, yeah. 
Like, I don't know if Soderbergh used selfie sticks on his uh, cell phone shot movie. Unseen? I forget which one that was. Yeah, I think it was Unseen. I think it was Unseen. But, yeah. So they, 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 they get up to New York, and they meet with Mike the Historian Oof. at a small diner where we are further yeah. experiencing their lack of clearing the location. Because this whole movie is shot within camera sound. <laughs> and Which is a bummer. <laughs> they did not have the gumption to tell everybody in the restaurant, hey, we're shooting a movie here. Can you guys keep it down? So... You're trying to hear the dialogue sh- kind of like light shouted over yeah. a lot of lunchtime crowded restaurant chatter. But don't worry. Chuck was smart enough to also add music. <laughs> there's a musical. There's a, there's like a like once Mike starts getting to like the real meat of what he's trying to shout over everybody in the restaurant. The, all this music starts playing over top of him because yeah. it's all, of course, nothing is mixed well. And so it's like, come on, man. I'm trying. I'm trying to follow the movie. Yeah, this this movie is a feast for the senses in that two hours at a Golden Corral kind of way. Ugh. And the conclusion of this scene is Mike the Historian after giving him a zillion different reasons not to go, which coincidentally Kurt in Florida also told him them not to go. Mike says, you have to be a certain level of stupid to visit those woods after everything I told you. <laughs> this is a line of dialogue from uh-huh. the movie said to the main characters who are also the writer-directors. Yeah. Now He, he had pointed out that you need to stay away uh, because many have disappeared over the last decades. Yeah, like over the last decades. Pause intended. Like he just was trying to come up with a line. I think. Sure, but, sure. Yeah. Uh, so after the past decades, which by my math tracks back to eighteen forty. Yeah, why not? Uh, well, we took notes on like the characters. Yeah. Um, Oof. And there has been plenty of sightings of orbs and Mothman's jumping from trees. And also Mary. And Mary. Like, Mary is tacked onto a lot of these stories. Everyone's obsessed with Mothman jumping out of trees. Mm -hmm. Not a Mothman thing. That's Springheel Jack and or Jersey Devil, Devil. which would have also been more regionally appropriate. Uh, More, but. But not entirely. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, From Jersey. Yeah. (laughs) And. He's ours. Yeah. Jer- Jersey Devil and Jason Voorhees. Those are ours. And Spring Hill Jack. And Spring Hill Jack. Yeah. I thought that came from England, though. Um, I thought that it was actually... I think it started in England. It may have started in England. I know that there, there were Spring Hill Jack-esque stories from Jersey, mm. that I remember, for something, but... Fair enough. Uh, eh, we'll look it up afterwards. Either way, we're still more accurate than the movie. Heck yes, we are. And we're paying more attention to the movie than the movie. Yeah. So they uh, decide they're going to, you yeah, know. Fuck it. Let's go to the woods anyway. Mm-hmm. And all throughout all throughout the whole remainder of the film, Bougie is wearing these crushed velvet, pink and white, polka dot heart, Victoria's Secret uh, oh, pajami pants. Pajami pants, a- athleisure wear, sorts of things. So imagine that throughout everything. So and by everything, I mean nothing, because yeah. nothing happens. They just walk. Into, the rest of the movie is just these two assholes wandering around the woods, going, "Oh wow, hey babe, look at this. Oh man, do you think this has got to be a thing, right? Oh, no. look at this. Look at this ravine. Let's let me spend oh. a minute telling oh, you man. to look at the ravine. That's before. so spooky." That's uh, isn't that weird? Look at it. Are you feeling that? At the one point, they're looking at this air quote ravine, which is just it's a, a hill. hill. It's just a hill. And imagining the terror it must have been trying to get a wagon train up this specific Gentle spot slope. that I just decided to look at. Yeah. Um, which so, is not connected to any road at all. They go off of the the Mount Misery Road. Yeah, uh, they're in just the general area of Mount Misery, I guess. Yeah. 
Um, although he points out, oh, look over there, it's the mountaintop, and po- points to a different mountain, which I'm guessing may have been Mount Misery, which means they're on the wrong hill. I don't think there is a Mount Misery. I think I they just know. meant, like, it's a miserable road on a mountain. Was That's why it's just, called Mount Misery Road. I just know he says, look over there, oh, that yeah. must oh, be no, the no, top no. of it's the just, mountain. It, it's You're looking me. at a different mountain. It's occurring to me that there isn't a mountain <laughs> called Misery. It's yeah. even in the movie. We're, we're yeah. yeah. So they're looking around uh, the this woods takes, for this, this house. Like uh, 40 this. minutes of these people in the woods. Well, when they get to the woods, immediately they find a bunch of still frames of black and white. Oh, right. Mill yeah. House. yeah, 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 yeah. This, air quote, house hospital from the 1700s. Yeah. They think that they found this house hospital, which may be the asylum, that burnt down in 1840, yeah. was rebuilt, and burnt down in 1850. And they're looking for the remains of, and this house does not look like any of that, but they have found it, except that they admit that they haven't because they continue to keep looking yeah. for it because they are not paying attention to their own story. Yeah, they say it's a house that like people met at when kids were disappearing for yeah. reasons. And then they uh, they make sure to mention that Mothman was seen in sightings. Mothman was seen in sightings. <laughs> <laughs> and then their first major clue outside of the house, they find snow. Oh my god, yeah. Jesus. Babe, are you seeing I've never seen snow before. I have I have seen snow before. I love it, Charlie. We don't have snow like this in Florida. We don't have snow like this in Florida. And then with like all the dismissiveness as you she can muster she says, I've seen snow. I've seen snow. <laughs> it's like what the hell are you what are you no getting human excited about? When stack books of this matter. This is like the great snow migration. <laughs> oh, God, Ray. The snow, the, the snow migrated one inch. <laughs> or an inch and a half. So we get a time stick. Understand, people at home, whenever I sound like really, really frustrated, like I am ha- always having a good time doing this, but when I sound particularly frustrated it's that moment in every one of these recordings when i realized we could have just wa- been watching ghostbusters this whole time this again. is true this is true we could have just been watching ghostbusters again continue but that's not a podcast isn't it though i i know some of our what listeners if, would cross over but what if we did just okay however no, whatever number we end up fin- doing finishing if God willing, we ever get to the end of these goddamn Amityville movies. What if we were to just do another podcast, the same number of episodes, but every episode we just watch Ghostbusters again? I would worry that we would do to ourselves what the uh, worst idea in the world guys did. And there's a reason they picked stuff like Grown Ups 2 and Sex in the City and all that is... Oh, sure. They didn't want to ruin a movie they love. Oh, I know. Yeah. I've seen Ghostbusters a lot, but to talk about it after each oh, time would no, no, no. I don't want to do it. I don't want to. No, no. Yeah. Anyway. All right. We're so, so we're so far away. Twelve thirty-four. They were you writing down the time? I I wrote down the time codes. Oh and God, it, bless you. They had, they kept showing time codes, and this will be important for when they drop the for the found footage gag. <laughs> But keep doing the time codes. So at 12.34, they, they check out the ravine. Then they find a black cross in the wood. Oh, my God. Uh, there's just Maybe this a is necklace. a warning. Yeah. I mean, here is a necklace hanging from a branch that has a wooden black cross that... That's spooky. It's spooky for anyone who... Is this is what they're saying. Unaware this, this of, is the dialogue yeah. in the film. They had uh, Their characters had never seen Blair Witch Project, but at least the uh, creators are smarter than their characters in that they may have. Yeah. So Ooh. and then we cut ahead, arguably, to 240, where they find a rock foundation. This, this, looks, like this, the fa- a, this looks like the foundation of a hospital. Oh, babe, you're so you're totally right. Yeah, these these broken up cinder blocks, um, maybe about a half dozen of them, 
are clearly this. This must be the entrance. This must be the entrance. And look, there's a burn mark here. Uh huh. There is a burn mark on there's a burn mark. This hundred and fifty year old rubble. There is a spot where something looks to have recently been burned. Yep. He actually spreads the ashes. Proof. So then um, we get the Mary story again. Uh, this time we find out, oh, because uh, Bougie... Bougie asks for it, even though she has been present every time they've gone over the story. Yeah. She was there for the entire lunch where the guy, um, the stranger at the bar... Mm-hmm. It like, spends like five minutes staring directly into the camera, Ugh. telling you the story, except when he looks to the side of the camera for either cue cards or to talk to the character he's supposed to be talking to. Yeah. It's very confusing whether Don't he's worry. talking to us. We were yeah. distracted by Ewan McGregor being on the television in the background of the shot. Oh, right. Which accidental thematic moment. Uh, it was a mo- commercial for a movie that Ewan McGregor directed. Yeah, called so, American Pastoral. Yeah. I had never heard of it either. <laughs> no, but this, the reason we say it wasn't intentional was because they clearly did not have that kind of control over the bar. Nope, 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 nope. Um, and or don't know that they might get sued yeah. at some point. And or don't understand themes. Yeah. You know. Anything involving a movie, they did not know. Really did not. So we find so, the rocks, and then... Yeah, yeah they Mary, find out the they, Mary, uh, Mary is wandering, sometimes in a white hospital robe, uh, because these woods have been haunted for two to three hundred years is now the number we're given. Yeah. Uh, we're on Transformers 5 timeline calendars of the Dark Ages existed at 800 to 1400 A.D., Except when it wasn't, and it was... I want to be on record that <coughs> I, uh, as much as I loathe Transformers the last night, I do not think it is fair to Mr. Bay or the Transformers or Hasbro to reference any of those movies in reference to this movie. I'm just using it as an example of I'm just, time management. I am just saying. Understood. I am just saying. <laughs> so then Bougie yeah. has to pee again. Yeah. Not a fetish. Not a fetish. Not a fetish because we pan away from it. We pan uh, away from it this time. Eventually. Oh, man. Like, it really looked touch and go. I was like, are yeah. we going to have to watch this again? This movie's PG-13 for crying out loud. Well, where do you think they got the P from? <laughs> Gee, I never thought of it that way. <laughs> Winner. So while she's peeing, Charlie gets attacked. And disappears for the rest of the film. Yeah, we hear when uh, when the camera <laughs> when the camera wakes up because yeah. it cuts and then cuts. He had been holding the camera because uh, we had gone found footage at this point, and then the camera wakes up. But yeah, Bougie seems to not find the camera. No, or maybe she does, and that was okay. We'll get. We to don't. It. It's. Undetermined. Undetermined, because the because we're very uh, as uh, Bougie is wandering aimlessly through the woods, scared out of her mind. It, it, she is filming herself very clearly with a cell phone on a selfie stick because the sun is directly in front of her and is casting a very distinct shadow across her entire body. Again, fifth wall breaking. Uh, I've I've seen boom mics in the in the shot. Sure. I've seen shadows in the shot yeah. of production stuff. I have never seen so clearly pronounced the camera's shadow on the actor's face through an entire sequence. It goes on for like three minutes. Now, if we're calling this found footage, how do we explain that that footage cuts with? Yeah. Her footage of her recording wandering through the woods from her POV, it goes back and forth. So apparently she's filming with both cameras, yeah. front and back facing on even though the selfie when, stick, even though it's handheld versus smoothed yeah. by the and, stick. And, and later when she is being chased, we will see that she is not holding any camera whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. Oh, she yeah. We never see any camera in the shot except for its shadow. Uh, which basically means you've got about six weeks of movie left. Um, that's just that's the most terrifying thing I've heard all day. So uh, about since a, most of the movie from here on out is her wandering the woods. Some notes. Uh, yeah. One, 
This is a PG-13 movie, PG-13. as we've been told several times by Tubi, even yep. popping up on screen. And yet. And yet, just in her wandering the woods, she drops the F-bomb 21 times. I'm saying. I don't think this was PG-13. I don't. I don't think they actually submitted it. No. This was just kind of slapped on. Yeah. I think they decided they were PG-13 because they also don't know what goes into rating movies. Yeah. Yeah. She also spends the entire afternoon panicking, freaking out, screaming, swearing in her second language. English. Yeah. She like if you're absolutely frightened for your life, do you talk to yourself in your se- in a second language you have learned or do you even occasionally drift back into I, I don't know. I, I, don't know. I, I would maintain the veneer of my second language, but I wouldn't hold on to the camera. <laughs> Fair. <laughs> I always love like, like it, don't get me wrong. I, I've seen enough good found footage movies where they come up with a fairly a reasonable enough explanation for why the person has held on to the camera. Oh yeah, yeah. But it's and I, I, I try not to be too much of a jerk a stickler about it because you, you went into it knowing it's a stupid found footage right. movie. But dear God, it is always it is a big suspension of disbelief hurdle for me in all of those movies. It's like yeah. oh you throw away the camera and you run away and you freak out. Yeah, and by all accounts she may have thrown away the camera because we still haven't established is this found footage or not found footage. Are we seeing the selfie stick because it's found footage or because they're terrible filmmakers? Yeah. Like it's is an, this the angle undefined. Yeah. Except that the camera drops when Charlie's attacked, so it is found footage, except yeah. that it's not always um well, and, you know, continuing forward, I will say that she is good when she's on her own and not having to improvise with another person. She is convincingly scared. Yes. I thought she was quite good Yeah, on her own when she doesn't have to talk to other people and try and follow their lead, I guess. Uh, no, it, like, I, I agree on the main point. She is better by herself. The uh, How I would describe her in all the scenes with Charlie is... She is trying not to laugh because she thinks the whole thing is kind of silly and ridiculous. I can see that. Like yeah. it kind of feels like, like not even like that. Like the movie is silly and ridiculous. That they're making a movie seems yeah. like like yeah. this is just for us. This is our vacation exactly. footage. Oh God, you're actually going to put this out? Yeah. All right. So uh, we jump ahead to five forty-seven in the PM. <laughs> we jump ahead to six forty. <laughs> yep. Because. Sure. Um, at which point there's growls that we hear in the woods that may or may not be coming from the house in the background that has its lights on that keeps accidentally winding up in shots, but is definitely not supposed to be there. Would have been cool if that was just the Amityville house. It would have been nice, but it looked like a one-floor house. Yeah. And again, all the lights are on. This is where they were staying when they were shooting it, I am guessing. Yeah. But multiple shots drift past it and... At first, I thought it might be the sunset, but as it gets darker, you can tell. Nope, that's just a house with the lights on. Yeah, just a house with the lights on. That she does not see. Anyway, it gets darker. There's more growling. She's still wandering the woods. We see her carrying the selfie stick. No, we see her wandering the woods, but then we get POV, but then we get night vision shots, but then we get night vision in color. Yeah. At which point, while we're ten feet behind her, the cameraman gets attacked. Yeah, as if the as if Charlie is holding the camera. Whoever is holding the camera, watching her in the woods, gets attacked. The camera drops and hits the yeah. ground and goes to leaf footage. Even so, though it was clearly supposed to be, it's supposed to read as if. Bougie has dropped the camera. Right, but she's not holding a camera, and the camera shooting her is the one attacked and left on the ground. And also, if she had a cell phone, why isn't she using the flashlight? Yeah, she tries to make phone calls uh, multiple times. Um, No signal. I was told there was no signal, but I'm not. What if I try over here? Literally dialogue from the film. Yeah. So, yeah, so this uh, arbitrary... 
cameraman. Yeah. Yeah, the cameraman's attacked. The cameraman is attacked. The cameraman is attacked. And then the like the next day, or at some point, a day. Yeah. Some guy wandering through the woods having a smoke. I really wanted him to like introduce, like for some reason, be talking to himself and introduce himself as like Bob Amityville, or just something, something, just something really tacked on and dumb. Anyway, he finds the pink pants. Then he finds the yeah, still running camera. Is, all that's left of Bougie are these Victoria's Secret pink polka dot pants. It's amazing. And her camera that was not her camera. Yep. That some I, I oh my head hurts. Uh, yeah. So, and then all of a sudden, Mary shows up in the white robe and attacks the dude. Yeah, straight at the, at the camera. Yeah, straight at the camera. Um, at the end. The end, except it's not the end because then we see the woods and Mary in the white dress, not robes, not... Uh, yeah, just wandering. Well, well, could be robes. Mary in white, robes. yeah, is wandering in the background of the woods. Roll credits. In which the names Chuck and Carolina Marangiello appear, how many, conservatively? More than there are Amityville films each. Yep. It, they they credit themselves as the directors two or three times. Yeah, uh, at least two. At least two. In, in, in the end credits. In the, in end, the credits, end credits. Not, this is not including this the not including credits. the opening credits. Um, it's just their names over and over and over again with occasional blocks of thanking other people, like the artists. Like the artists. They, uh, they, sent, they thanked all these free sound effects boards uh-huh. that they used. Uh, they think other people that popped up, the other, you know, the, the scant few other actors in the film, uh, they thank Jim. their car. They thank the car. They thank Django Marangiello. Yep. Who will later be in memory to Django Mar- or Django Marangiello by the end of the film. The end of the credits. Yeah. But before we get to the end of the credits, we have a few random shots of what I can only imagine were the actual research that the Marangiellos were doing for the movie. They appear mm-hmm. to have gone to an actual historian or a library or, or library. something or yeah, something with a uh, like actual historical documents that need to be handled proper like with kit with white Probably where they got those everything. opening credit shots. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, um, it is clearly um, it's clearly bougie or in or out of character with white gloves on, never appearing on screen, but voice unmistakable. Kind of just saying... God, that was these her are, voice, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. Like, say, like, these are the documents. Oh, this is the place. But none of it adds up to real sentences, per se. Now, would have thought, like, this would be, like, a last-minute twist-ending sort of yeah. gag, but... No, nope. it's just shots nope. of them in a library saying, oh, this this looks interesting. Yep. And then, mercifully, the movie ends. For reals. That this was, was a hell of a thing. Yeah, it is uh, simultaneously the worst movie I've ever seen, but also one of the funniest fucking things I've ever yeah. seen. Yeah, um, front to back, we were in shock. We were laughing our asses off. We paused this a lot to make sure we had just seen or heard what we had just seen or heard. I think this is the first time Patrick threw things. Like, I've thrown yeah. things a couple of times during the course of this, but mm-hmm. this is the first time Pat was also throwing his pen and yeah. notepad down. I had definitely, at one point, I noticed that my arms had curled up like a T-Rex and in some weird spasm of disbelief. Um, these are, if you can see it, these are the bite marks from when I was just Oh. Grinding my teeth. Yep, yep, yep. yep. On the um, notepad here. Definitely the most notes either of us have taken on something in a stretch. Yeah, it's been a while. And this is two pages. Yeah, and again, pausing periodically to make sure we took accurate notes for some of the lines and all that. Um, the, and in perfect contrast to last week's, Ooh, which was awakening. Yeah, a completely functional, professionally made movie. That we didn't really have much to talk about or say. It was just a movie. It was there. It was fine. It was everything was right there. This this was fascinating. It was so it, it like 
if it were even slightly on purpose this bad, that would be an amazing thing. That it's unintentionally this bad, it makes it also hilarious, but, yeah. you know, for different reasons. Like, this this is, uh, like, I wanted to retitle this Amityville The Room. Yeah. Because I, this like, is... I want to share this movie with people, but I don't want to recommend it. No. Like, uh, yeah, it's a tough it has, call because... It, it's 84 minutes. You can't... It's the room protocols apply. It's not a thing you recommend to watch. It's a thing you recommend to screen with at least five people all yes. drinking and making fun of the film. Yeah, this is a group watch movie. Um, if you like, I mean, obviously the room is pretty well known, but also like if you're a fan of like Neil Breen movies or um, God, I'm trying to think of some. God, we have watched. We really have. I'm go- I'm going through the notes. It's just like seeing like how many. It has been a while since I've had like a two pages worth of notes. Yeah, we're in the twenties. I know that. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, it's at the Walmart, is... and I see some of these movies on sale, and it's like no, like th- things that are upcoming, and it's like no. If we spend money, we lose. <laughs> yeah. And a lot of them will wind up being on Tubi. Yeah. yeah. So it's like you can't recommend it for like actual on its merits but it's it's a thing to see yeah this was god help me it, it's entertaining in a uh, I don't know why I like grinding gravel into my body but I'm doing <laughs> it anyway for some reason yeah yeah it sucked that it was sucked <laughs> it was definitely one of the like it's most just, poorly put together thing yeah. movies I've ever seen and it was just entertaining as hell. It's jaw-droppingly bad. Like, yeah. you think, you'll see this, you go into the movie with the assumption, well, it's going to be a movie. And it's like, nope, nope, this is uh, finger painting uh, presented as a film. It's it's a vanity project, but I don't think it was meant to be released until they started putting it together. I don't know. I don't know what their intent was. I don't no. know what their path was. I just know that... It doesn't look like they actually planned to make a movie movie. Bougie definitely did not think they were making a real movie that other people would see. Yeah. (laughs) And then they wound up finishing it and getting it distributed, which, as I pointed out early in the film, if and when we do decide to make our own Amityville (laughs) movie, we can get it distributed. Like, I have zero doubt about that at this point. Because this, this is up there. I just have to find out... I guess what the submission guidelines are for Tubi. <laughs> yeah. This on well, the commercials, they're saying that they're much. They want Baltimore to know about Tubi. I keep seeing commercials. It's like Charm City. Come to watch Tubi. Huh? It's all these YouTube commercials lately. Weird. I have yeah. not gotten them on my feed, but. Eh. I also skip the commercials yeah, fairly I mean, quickly. So. Do I, so. All right, well, you know what? We should represent. Yeah. We'll get the Baltimore Amityville. Amityville, Charm City. Yeah. Charm City, Amityville. Amityville Anthology. Yeah. Amity... I got nothing. Oh, God, let's just stop talking about this fucking movie. Okay, reasonable Um, value is is like high, but with caveats. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, Or high, but don't blame us. Or high, because you should be high when you watch it. Like I would revisit this much like I revisit the haunted houses down in Ocean City. Uh-huh. Um, for those of you not from the Maryland area, Ocean City, Maryland has three separate haunted houses that years back my friends and I had declared. One was the Ed Wood House, one was the Roger Corbin House, one was the Tim Burton House. That sounds awesome. And the Tim Burton House is the one that goes for the big goofy fun and... It's brightly colored, but it's not trying to scare you. It's mm-hmm. just like, here's some macabre goofiness, yeah. you know. Whims- the, whimsical macabre. Yeah. The um, Ed Wood and the Roger Corbin ones are both variations of, there is no money going into this. This is what was available. Um, one of them is just trying to give you some quick thrills, but again, for no money. The other is, we don't know what we're doing here. Like, one of them has you go around a corner and there's just a red light bulb that buzzes 
Awesome. And that's the, that's the gag for a, a good like fifteen feet. Is just there is this one light bulb that is buzzing. If you understand, you're appropriately scared. Yeah. Like. But yeah, you know, this is Ed Wood level filmmaking. Yeah. But no spider lady, so bad. No spider lady, no creature effects, no blood. No anything. No, There's no there there. Yeah. Like, I would say that there is a shot of a Mothman that they made a costume for. Maybe. A shot. Well, they credit uh, the but, wife yeah, as the Carolina, Mothman for a yeah. scene. So. Bougie. Oh, B-U-Z-I. boy. It's pronounced bougie. Bougie. Until next week, I'm Tom. I'm Pat. This has been Amityville Mount Misery Road. I'm going to go get drunk. Yep, 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 yep. Yep. If you want to interact with us online, you can check us out on Instagram or Twitter at Amityville Show, or you can send us an email at podcastamityville at gmail.com. 